This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, helping the people of the world to live healthy lives. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for joining me today. My show will be dedicated to the discussion on children and anxiety. So we're well into the school year and kids can either be thriving and already well adapted to a new class, new friends, sometimes even a new school. However, that's not always the case and some kids may be suffering from anxiety and possibly panic attacks. Joining me today is clinical psychologist, Dr. Monica Vermani. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Dr. Claudia, for having me. We always have such wonderful conversations and this one is particularly important because kids are now settled into the school year and hopefully they're enjoying themselves while they're getting work done. But some kids do suffer from anxiety and um, it, it's such a stressful thing as a parent, but it's even more stressful on the kids. Let's talk a little bit about, about what might be causing that anxiety and how we're handling it. So I think the key we all have to recognize is we all have anxiety. That's a normal human function. The key is, you know, we need a little bit of anxiety in order to just function in life. If I had no anxiety driving, I'd fall asleep. And so we need a little bit of anxiety just to be alert and awake and perform and get our daily tasks done. The key is when your anxiety symptoms are so loud that they're hindering and turning into obstacles from you successfully living life. And so I always tell patients and children that when your symptoms are loud to a point where they're holding you back from living life tasks successfully like work, social, school, intimacy, self-care, spirituality, then we have a little bit of a red flag that this is something to pay attention to. So when it does get to that point where, and I like that expression, when the anxiety gets a little bit loud, when it does get loud, what are we as parents telling the kids and what do we expect our kids to do to handle the anxiety? We have to understand sometimes what symptoms are. Children and adults manifest anxiety a little bit differently. We all manifest symptoms in various ways through physiological symptoms in our body, negative thoughts that race, emotions, and also our reactions or behaviors. And so it's important for us to recognize all our anxiety will manifest in those ways. Physiological is where primarily most children will manifest and present anxiety. So under the age of 10, children don't link their anxiety with negative thoughts. They link it with physiological symptoms tummy ache, headaches, wanting to feel comfort physically, feeling scared. And so if you pay attention under the age of 10, children can't tell you what the thought is behind their anxiety. They just feel it in their body. And many times children's anxiety can also be from modeled behavior. There is a genetic link, but it's also modeled behavior. So when a parent is anxious at home, the parent may have physiological symptoms and negative thoughts ruminating and racing in their head. But for children, it's a physical, physiological manifestation and there's emotions tied to it. And so it's important for us to recognize that, you know, treatment for children, I was very privileged to work at Lake Ridge Mental Health Center with um, children and families with anxiety. And when I worked there, our treatment for children encompassed play therapy, encompassed relaxation, teaching them how to manage physiological symptoms more than working on negative thoughts. Meanwhile, as an adult psychologist in my practice, I'm helping people understand the thoughts that lead to your moods and physical symptoms and emotions and your maladaptive behaviors. 
So it's a different form of treatment, same components. But as parents, number one, you know, when you're in pain, you spill over into others. But when you're in a place of health, there's also healthy role modeling. It's important for us to recognize our own symptoms of anxiety, perfectionism, body image, other things that may be, you know, being modeled to our children where they're starting to feel self-conscious, they're starting to have self-esteem issues, they're being a little bit more anxious about fearful things or self-doubt that I don't know if I can handle that. And so as parents, it's good for us to learn, am I modeling any behaviors that are making my child also mimic the same type of behaviors? And as parents, you know, there's so much to understand about anxiety for ourselves as well as our children. For children, many times, anxiety is misdiagnosed or underdiagnosed. And what I mean by that is um, kids manifest, again, anxiety in their body. But when you have a loudspeaker of symptoms going on on the inside, you can fight, flight, freeze, or faint. And so you might be more quiet. You might be more introverted. You might find yourself trying to be really well-behaved or look well-behaved. And the children with problematic behaviors get pegged as the bad kids or the kids with, you know, more disruptive behaviors and they get noticed as maybe anxious or depressed. The truth is actually many times anxious children are more quiet, introverted and scared and nervous. So they're actually well behaved and but on a day to day basis might complain of stomach aches, not wanting to go to school, feeling nervous about certain situations that are kind of normal for day to day living. And it's paying attention to headaches, muscle aches, feeling tired, and sleep issues that they might be having. So it's more, you know, understanding a little bit of that fight, flight, freeze. You know, are they hesitating to do certain things? And parents play a critical role, not only in role modeling, but also in teaching their child to feel capable. What is anxiety and fear? Self-doubt. I don't know if I can handle that. And so we want to model and teach our children how to feel capable. Life is a series of experiences and we need to teach them good or bad. Life only gives you what you can handle. There's a skill set of us teaching our children to feel capable to handle versus scared, self-doubt and fear that I'm not good enough or I'm not capable to manage things. It's interesting that you say that. So as a parent, if you're a parent and you have young kids, because usually it's the young kids that like 10 a.m. you get the phone call home, mommy, my tummy hurts or mommy, I'm not feeling well. That sometimes can be anxiety. So in a young school age child, like how should a parent handle that? Because I remember that happening to me and I'm sure every child goes through it. But what are we as parents What should we say to our kids and how are we going to handle that? Understanding stress, because anxiety and stress is tied together, right? So when you get that phone call, maybe something stressful was happening at school, or we don't know how to communicate with our children sometimes, because like I said, they're not having thoughts as active as we are as adults. And so we have to kind of get to their level. It's not power over, it's power with, but that means we have to change our mindset of how to relate to a child. And so I always tell people, you know, comfort, number one. As parents, there's four things that are important. Comfort, asking questions, teaching them how to relax so that they some of their symptoms can dissipate, and distracting them and teaching them how to distract themselves when they're feeling stressed. So stress is when your activity level surpasses your energy level. And so activity is physical as well as mental. Your mind's always going. And this is energy. So we have two options. You can bring down only so much activity 
and including mentally when you're racing with a negative thought, how do we bring up our energy levels? The first thing to teach our children is bringing up your stress, uh, minimizing your stress by bringing up your energy levels, such as food. Did you eat today? Food is a very fast way to ground yourself when you're anxious. And finding the right foods to see, are you anxious because you didn't eat enough today? Because when kids are anxious, they do skip meals. They do have a tendency to have problematic eating patterns. And so bringing in snacks in their knapsacks and having them understand that food is a very nice way to ground yourself. Um, Second one is sleep. Did you sleep well? Are you tired today? Like understanding that anxiety can also be a manifestation of poor sleep habits or fatigue in our body. Third one is exercise and breathing. When we get anxious, you know, our our breathing goes from belly breath to short and shallow. And that means we're not getting a lot of oxygen to calm ourselves down to ride out anxiety or panic attacks or anxious attacks. So it's important for us to teach our children, breathe in a moment, to just connect to the moment and get out of your head or get out of your body and what's bothering you and relax it. The moment you regulate breathing, a four, 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 four second breath, four seconds inhale, four second hold, four second exhale, four second hold again, just a regular box method of breathing stabilizes you and getting more oxygen will allow some of those anxiety symptoms to just magically dissipate. And then the fourth one is in meditation, you know, exercise and breathing, you know, go together, but meditation falls in that category. And what meditation is, is connecting to your senses. The fastest way to get out of an anxiety attack for anybody, including children, is to connect with your senses. Have a piece of chocolate, focus on what it tastes like, and just allow yourself to taste and be with that one thing with complete presence. You know, hold an object, feel what it feels like in your hand, grounding it. You know, touch a temperature of running cold water under your hand and feel the coldness, right? Allow yourself to see things around the room and distract yourself from whatever physical symptoms making you feel more and more anxious look at the bird outside, look at the tree, look at the teacher's shirt pattern, you know, notice things around. And by identifying them, by doing that and identifying, you kind of remove yourself to distract yourself from whatever physical symptom you're getting preoccupied and hyper-focused on. Connecting with any sense, hearing, just listening to the vent and the people chatting and what conversations are happening or singing a song in your head and just focusing on counting backwards from 10. Learn to give your child strategies to connect with their senses when they feel overwhelmed by physiological um, sensation or emotion. And as parents, we wanna teach them how to comfort themselves when you're not there. One reason why children have a lot of anxiety, one specific one, is separation anxiety. And so how do they comfort themselves when you're not there to comfort them? learning to give them strategies by connecting to their senses, providing themselves with a hug, learning to breathe deeply or put their hand on their heart and say, all is well, all is well, here and now, all is well. Nothing bad comes to me, nothing bad leaves me because sometimes they're afraid of bad things happening. So learn to give them affirmations, to empower them in a moment of weakness, to feel you know, that they're capable. I am capable is the easiest one to give your child. Just breathe. And in your head, I am capable, I am capable, I am capable, I am capable. Inhale and I am capable, exhale. So as you're just breathing, 
You're just saying it in your head, but it takes you away from whatever physical symptom or negative thought unconsciously is happening that makes you feel hypersensitive, scrutinized, criticized. And, you know, distractions are a great way to sometimes help a person compose themselves, teaching them healthy distractions. You know, at that age, they're not going to go down into drugs and alcohol, but we want to teach them healthy strategies. You can keep, you know, meditation rocks. I give people little crystals that they can hold on to and feel like this is absorbing all my anxiety right now. I'm okay. I'm calmer. I'm capable. I'm breathing now and I'm going to, I'm. this is a moment in time, the moment will pass. Giving them statements, but giving them objects to distract. They can tie even magical properties to it. Teach them strategies, but number one, provide them with comfort when they come to you, but teach them how to self-comfort and self-soothe. Ask questions. What were you doing before this? You know, who were you talking to? What was the first symptom or, or, or how did you feel sick right away? What was going on? And you will find out what their trigger anxiety is, or you'll find out the hot spots or symptoms that are their loudest, and then teach them strategies to work through that. If they get shaky, maybe they can shake, 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 and realize themselves by just breathing. Maybe they can run on the spot, or if they're feeling pent up energy and, and irritable, you know, maybe they can just go to the bathroom and take a breather. Give them strategies so they feel empowered in a time where they're seeing themselves as helpless and weak. And um, relaxation techniques, us as parents need them. We need to model them for our behaviors to our children too and give healthy behaviors as strategies. And so those are all amazing tips. And actually, I'm going to try a few of those myself when I'm feeling a little anxious. <laughs> um, it, amazing. So for those children who haven't yet reached that point, right, where they have been given the strategies or the parents don't know how to give the kids those strategies yet, can extended periods of dealing with anxiety lead to things like introvertedness? Can it lead to other more serious uh, conditions where it's going to take a little longer to heal and to give them strategies? To me, the symptoms get louder and louder or more intense in their life so that we can actually deal with them. And so as children, yes, unattended anxiety can lead to more problematic disorders as adults or teenagers, like social anxiety. Social anxiety is not fear of criticism or, or fear of people. It's fear of scrutiny, criticism, judgment, or negative evaluation by people. It's worrying about what people think of us, right? Generalized anxiety is just chronic worry about real life concerns, which if we had a parent who's always worrying, what if this happens, what if that happens, or is calling you over and over when they can't get a hold of you, you know, we might be modeling behaviors where our child is not worried about bad things happening, right? We're worried about real concerns of like something happening that is that is out of their control and it reinforces fear of uncertainty versus life only gives me what I can handle, right? Feeling capable of uncertainty. And panic attacks are a number of physical symptoms peaking and dropping, meaning our system gets overwhelmed with sensations, physiological and emotional, and thoughts by a trigger. And so many times we feel that happens out of the blue, but with panic attacks, you know, there is always a cycle to it. There's a feared situation that when you enter it, your mind's racing with some negative thoughts of doubt or fears or anxiety. And then there's an increase in physical symptoms and you just want to escape, meaning you don't feel capable to handle those symptoms. But if you are managing those symptoms, you can break a cycle of panic. So panic attacks 
come when you're feeling incapable again. And there's a whole cycle to that where you want to escape. When you can't escape, you're looking for a quick fix, can't find a quick fix. You now have lack of courage. You feel anticipatory anxiety. You want to avoid situations. And it's a bad cycle that just gets perpetuated in your life until somebody teaches you how to break the cycle by bringing healthy coping skills. Children with anxiety might cry or they might be more sensitive. They might find themselves physiologically feeling everything more. They might go to the bathroom more often because I have a shy bladder or always feeling nervous or nauseous. Um, Stomach aches, headaches, muscle tension. Pay attention to the child and pay attention to the symptoms they have. Many times we dismiss things like growing pains or this is a normal part of childhood, but it's not. You know, children with anxiety have exacerbated or louder symptoms and they're more sensitive. I have a wonderful patient that I've you know, followed since her university days to then when she got married and now she has kids. And when she got pregnant, she was like, I'm scared that my child's going to have anxiety. And I said, even if genetically your child does get that gene passed on and is born with anxiety because she remembers how hard her childhood was. She goes, I used to sleep outside my parents' bedroom because I was scared that something bad would happen. And my parents had no clue. I'd wake up and go back to my room in the morning. She was so nervous to leave her mom. And so she goes, what if my child turns into this? I go, well, there's a difference. Your mom never treated her anxiety and symptoms. You've been in therapy since like undergrad and you've managed and you deal with everything and you've managed all these milestones. Your anxiety doesn't hold you back from anything anymore. So tomorrow, if your child has symptoms, you're going to teach them what you learned from me and we pay it forward. So remember when you're in pain, dysfunction, anxiety, symptoms, you do spill over on tethers and you model and mimic those behaviors where other people start copying it. And when you're in a place of health and you've worked on yourself, you're also role modeling healthy behaviors, coping or managing, or also how to treat things that maybe genetically are passed on. And that's okay. Anxiety is treatable. We need guidance. And sometimes we, as parents, have to humble ourselves to realize, I might not know everything. Let me bring in treatment providers. And that's the big one. Ask for help is not just asking the child for what they need help with, but sometimes even as a parent asking for help from professionals. And I think I'm feeling like the message here is uh, having the tools and having the coping mechanisms. When we come back, how cognitive behavioral therapy can help with anxiety. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059theregion or email us info at 1059theregion.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 1059 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Dr. Monica Vermani and I were talking about anxiety, how to give our kids coping mechanisms, how to deal with our own anxiety as a parent so we try not to pass it on to our kids. But there are tools that we can share with our kids and there are resources. And I know that one of them is cognitive behavioral therapy. Can we talk a little bit about how that works and how that can help our children, uh, school-aged, you know, high school, and even beyond that, deal with uh, symptoms of anxiety? So CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, is about helping you manage the symptoms that come with anxiety. So as I mentioned earlier, all problems, including anxiety and high stress, 
manifest in your life in three distinct ways uh, or four. You know, you got physiological symptoms, you got emotions, you got negative thoughts and negative maladaptive behaviors or actions. And so understanding all our symptoms with anxiety do kind of come in those categories. CBT is working on the cognitive behavioral part. It helps you challenge negative thoughts that hold you back from riding out your anxiety or feeling capable to manage it. And it helps you challenge thoughts, reframe them, reconceptualize them, empower yourself with positive statements, as well as bring in healthy behaviors instead of avoidance, procrastination, leaving a situation versus riding out and feeling capable to deal with it. So CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, is a useful technique. But as I mentioned earlier, many children manifest anxiety under the age of 10, more physiological. And so the best thing to first bring in is also mindfulness meditation. Mindfulness-based stress therapy, stress reduction, or mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, that's MBSR or MBCT. These are popular mindfulness practices about just mindfulness meditation to like learn to help somebody get into the moment and calm themselves down and bring in soothing techniques. Being mindful helps you override physiological symptoms or accept them as they are. Many times, even when we have a symptom we don't like, many of us want to resist it. And whatever you resist will persist as a problem in your life. And so what do you really want to do? You want to notice it, acknowledge it, and also just breathe through it and accept it. Even if it's a panic attack, this is a moment in time and the moment will pass. Teaching your children every panic attack has a cycle of peaking and will come down in physiological response in time. But if you're resisting your symptoms and you're angry and you're upset with it, you're going to prolong the pain. But if you, I'm going to breathe through this and wait till this panic attack rides out, it will come faster and leave faster. So there are strategies to make some of these symptoms less suffering and oriented or less painful for us. And, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy is great to help bring in the mindset that I can handle it. So you're not cutting things out of your life because of anxiety. You're not giving power to the anxiety. But when it comes down to it, you want to teach them coping strategies related to soothing, to living in the moment, riding out situations and being mindful to notice where is the anxiety right now? It's right here. Okay, how do I breathe through it? And sometimes helpful statements. One of my girlfriend's children has uh, anxiety and we were chatting one day. Her child was like, my chest feels like butterflies or my stomach feels butterflies. How do I get rid of it? And I said, well, where are the butterflies? And she goes, my stomach. And I said, take three breaths. And she goes, <sighs> and then I say, all right. So now put your hand on your belly and say, I set myself free of my butterflies. This is a moment in time and the moment will pass. And she did it. And she's like, I feel better. Sometimes you just feeling that you're doing something instead of feeling like a symptom's coming to you. The butterflies weren't gone. They just lowered in intensity. And I gave her an empowering action of I set myself free of my headache. I set myself free of my anxiety, right? I'm capable. And by giving certain statements that empower us, you know, including children, they feel like, okay, I can do this. And by talking it out, they also don't feel like there's something bad tied to it. That was my next question. So I feel like a lot of young kids, because even in my own practice, I deal with kids who come in with anxiety and because they're manifesting physically and the parent brings them in, my leg hurts, my, you know, my knee hurts, I have pain. 
one of the things that I try to focus on myself is try not to make the child feel like having anxiety makes them weird or makes them bad or makes them, you know, not a good child. Because I feel like sometimes that is part of the problem is that they feel like it's a bad thing to have anxiety. You know, when I used to work with children and families with anxiety, I loved working with the children. However, the one thing that I got humbled by was how many times parents don't work on their own symptoms, hence they have more judgment. And if you were raised by parents that made you feel anxiety wasn't a good thing and like, just write it out, you're strong enough, you can handle it and didn't acknowledge your anxiety for you to actually just say, it's okay to feel this, let me help you through it. Instead, taught you to push through it, then you became sometimes your parents. You sometimes just role model ancestral traumas that are related to passing on, suck it up, be strong. Why are you crying right now? That's not, you shouldn't be crying every time something happens. But sometimes crying is an anxiety release for children. It's an anxiety release for adults. When the tension builds up, your body sometimes releases it in a panic attack or in crying or in sensitivity or in yelling. And we need to understand symptoms versus judge them or punish our children by giving labels and judgment that this is good and this is wrong. Try to understand, ask, what made you want to scream right now? What's making you sensitive to cry with me right now? We're just talking about school, right? Have them explain. And many times they can't give you an explanation, but that is an answer. You know, symptoms, you know, all human behavior has a purpose. All human symptoms have a purpose. Try to understand, hey, this is my child's way of manifesting or dealing with feeling overwhelmed or dealing with communicating something they don't understand. And so we as parents have a responsibility to see where did I come from? What am I passing on, including my own judgments of strength, weakness, anxiety, depression, how to cope with it too. We teach sometimes our kids, you're strong enough, you can handle it, go to school. If it was up to them, they want to get there and they want to succeed and they want to make you proud because we all want to feel worthy of love. And we feel we're worthy if our parents approve of our behavior and we make them proud. But when they can't or there's a symptom holding them back, we need to pause and reflect and learn to be mindful to say, I might not understand your symptom. I might not have anxiety. So you have to help me understand it right? We all have different bodies. We have all different symptoms. Mommy's symptom and daddy's symptom is different from yours. Let's just have a moment to talk about what the symptom is. And I can't help you with it. Let's get some professional assistance. As parents, the best thing you can do is educate yourself about something that you don't understand versus try to encourage people to push through it. Because sometimes what we do is we just exacerbate their symptoms where, like you said, as they get older, they get social anxiety, they get generalized anxiety, they get, you know, trauma from a childhood where they couldn't manage school or feel less than self-esteem wise, because they're always anxious by presentations and their grades report. We sometimes personalize the impacts of how our symptoms hold us back. Being bullied, having childhood abuse at the house, anxiety can come from dysfunction, uncertainty, from situations that they feel a loss of control you know, OCD symptoms, perfectionism, body image. Some of this is role modeled. Some of this is just them feeling a loss of control in their life. We need to understand symptoms and realize that if we don't treat it when they're young, 
Yes, it can exacerbate school problems, work problems, relationship problems, and it can make their life harder in the future. Dr. Monica Vermani, thank you so much for joining me today. That was such helpful information. I think that we all need to kind of deal with our own anxiety because we all have it. And now we have the tools to do so. So thank you so much for joining me today. If listeners want to learn more about you, um, or I know you have a book out, a couple of books, so how can they do that? So A Deeper Wellness is my book that helps you conquer mood, anxiety, stress, and trauma. And you can find that on Amazon. You need to reach out and find anything else on me, including reach out to me. I'm drmonicavermani.com. So you can just look me up online and everything I have is on that website. Amazing. Thank you so much. And you can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Macchiella or my website, claudiamacchiella.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast, including Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and of course, Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for listening. I hope this helps you live your best life. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at healthyplanetcanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.